The reason I feel like there's so much anxiety and stress around gift giving is we kind of, there's there's a lot of reasons, but I'm going to talk specifically into perfectionism. There's this idea of, oh my God, but what are they getting me? Like, what if they're getting me this really nice, expensive gift? I need to spend that exact same amount of money. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life Now, I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today, we're talking about gift giving and perfectionism. Last year, we did a topic. It was actually a little bit less than last year. We released it around December. There is a podcast episode released all about gift giving and the five love languages. And it was so popular, and thank you so much to anyone who listened to it, that I wanted to revamp it for this year. We will be talking about the five love languages because I think that's a great framework to use around gift giving, especially people who have like gift giving anxiety, like I did for so many years. Um, But I also know that the holidays in general can be a really stressful time for perfectionists. There's a lot of family time. There's gift giving. There's New Year's resolutions. There's food um, that's really rich and can be really stressful. And there's so much more. So the next two months are really going to be devoted to holidays and perfectionism and how you can use this time of year to not hide and shield behind your perfectionism and just say, okay, well, I'm just going to go into this this time of year feeling really, really anxious and there's just no hope for me. Rather than looking at it like that, looking at this as a way of like, okay, I am doing some immersion perfectionist um, work on myself. And spoiler alert, that actually sometimes creates the best, most powerful change because we are literally immersed in the things that used to set our perfectionism off. So rather than looking at this time of year, if you're feeling like, oh God, here we go, like I do challenge you to shift your mindset about that and just say like, okay, what can I come out of this holiday season having learned about myself or having grown with? So I really challenge you guys to do that. And we're going to start that today with gift giving. Now you might be saying it is middle of November, Nicole. Why the hell are we starting the gift giving topic so soon? Um, The gift giving holidays, whichever one you celebrate, are still a little bit of ways away. Yes, I know. I am so type A that I normally start my Christmas shopping, at least in the last few years, I'll start it really early because I used to get so overwhelmed and I would put it off and put it off and procrastinate and procrastinate until like the week of I celebrate Christmas, the week of Christmas. 
And um, that was stressful and it did not do anything to help my perfectionism. It did not do anything to help my my levels of stress. And I would always beat myself up because I'd be like, it's gifts. Like, why are you stressing out? Why is this such a big deal? But I love this time of year. I love giving gifts. It's spoiler alert. Gift giving is or gifts is my second love language. It's not my top, but it's very close up there. And I love it. It's so fun. So I like to always start early. And then also in case you've been living under a rock and don't watch the news like I do, um, there is a lot of supply chain issues. So everyone's like panicking and being like, you have to start your shopping early and causing just a worldwide panic. Which for perfectionists, it's already a hard time of year. It can already feel a little bit stressful having to get the perfect gift for your family or the perfect gift for your friend or loved one. And then add on that extra little panic from the media. I don't blame people for being already burnt out. And it's I'm recording this on November 3rd. So I thought it was time to address this quickly and sooner rather than later. But before we dive in, I want to do our quick little segments. Of course, first, we're going to start with how I got in my own way this week. Again, I say this every week, but I don't care because it's important to note. We do this segment because perfectionists are so good at looking at media or recovering perfectionists for that matter. I still fall into this sometimes. We're so good at looking at the media and saying, oh my God, they're perfect. Oh my God, they share these amazing stories. Or, oh my God, they're so smart. They're so wise. They are doing such cool things in their business, in their life, in their friendships, whatever. We're so good at looking at other people's highlight reel. Thank you, social media. And thinking, oh my goodness, I had a rough day. They never have rough days, which is a bullshit lie. Everyone has rough days. But we can compare ourselves so easily to these, quote, perfect figures. And it just, it, it, it's just, I, I think it's dumb. And I think I, I really want to combat that. And we do that every week with this segment because I'm not perfect. I will never claim to be perfect, but I do have the tools on those days where things maybe aren't going my way or when I would used to get really set off. And I feel like a little bit of that, like, oh God, my old perfectionism pattern is coming in. On those days, I now have the tools to get myself back on track. And sometimes that means 90 seconds immediately turning myself around and getting back on it. And sometimes that means taking like a few hours or a day or something to just be like, and then get back on track. So today, this is a um, good example of a, I don't know about 90 second, but a realization that immediately switched my, my way of thinking. It was a reframe. And I recently... Get ready for this, guys. I recently have fallen in love with the sport pickleball. I did not know pickleball was a sport. I thought that was the dumbest name I had ever heard in my entire life. I literally wanted my very first team name to be the Cucumbers because I am not a fully grown pickle yet. And I fell in love with the sport through my fiance's family. They love this sport. We played it at their family reunion. And I learned very quickly that while I love this sport, I suck at it. (laughs) Like, where is my hand-eye coordination? I don't even know. And I I did a lot of of searching um, in the past few weeks because I was like, why do I get such bad stress while I'm playing, even though I love this sport? It's so fun. And um, I was actually talking to my mom about it. She brought up a really good point that 
She's like, Nicole, when you were little, sports were the catalyst of where you were bullied. Of course, sports create a little bit of stress or anxiety for you. It used to be where you'd be picked last. You would never be enough. You would um, be made fun of for being the large goalie because you couldn't run very fast on the soccer field. Like she said it much kinder than that. She's amazing. But it really opened up this like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And I was actually playing just recently with my, um, my, my fiance. We got our own little paddles and we were like, okay, let's go practice on the pickleball courts. That's still such a weird sentence to say, but we'd go out and we, we went practicing and I was so about going into this practice session. It's like, I am just going to do some drills. I'm going to do some practicing. Like the reason we're doing this is not so I can like be perfect and be an awesome pickleball student for your family. I just love this sport and I truthfully want to just get better at it. And we were on the courts and he's so amazing. He was being such a good teacher. He was like, you're doing this really, really well. Just try doing this a little bit. Like he is, if anyone who's met Brett, you know that he's the kindest human being on the freaking planet. I am just so unbelievably lucky. And he noticed that I was getting a little frustrated, that there were a few times where I was like, oh my God, why can't I get this? Like, what is going on? And he, he paused the, the drills and he like came up to the net and he was like, come here, come here. And he was like, he held my hand, he kissed me on the cheek and he said, you're allowed to be a beginner at things, you know? And I was like, how dare you throw my lessons back in my face? But he's so right. I was not letting myself be a beginner here. I was demanding the level of expertise of my fiance's family, who's all from Oklahoma and Texas, who grew up playing sport after sport after sport after sport after sport. And most of the sports, including tennis and things with a lot of hand-eye coordination. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. I am not letting myself be a beginner here. And of course, immediately the um, the Harry Potter snitch uh, broomstick example popped up, which if you've been on this podcast before, you know what that is. I'll give you a Reader's Digest version if you haven't. Harry, in the first movie or in the first book, depending on which side you're on, there is a correct side, by the way, um, but he goes to Quidditch or he goes to broomstick lessons. There we go. Um, flying lessons. And he goes, he stands above his broom. He's been at Hogwarts for a few months now. And he's like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. I don't know shit about the, the magical world. And then he hops on a broomstick. And he's like this insane Serena Williams, LeBron James, insane player of the Quidditch field immediately. He's a master at it before even needing to practice. And we all grew up with stories like this where someone does something and it's their secret skill and they just are so good at it immediately. And we're all demanding that same level of stuff, that same level of expertise from ourselves with things that we've never even tried before. And yes, there's going to be things that come more naturally to us. I was so fortunate that coaching came as naturally as speaking to me. But that doesn't mean I didn't have a learning curve. I still have a learning curve, for sure. If you listen to the very first episode of this podcast, I sound very different than I do now. That's because I needed to have my learning curve. And I I was going out on this pickleball court, and I was like, wow, 
I am demanding myself to be the LeBron James of the Quidditch world right now. And I need to calm down. And the second I was like, okay, I'm just going to let myself be a beginner. I started having so much fun. I started smiling and shock of shocks, my pickleball game got better. And it just, it, it really is just such a mindset thing. So how I got in my own way is I was not letting myself be a beginner at a sport literally called pickleball. I swear I don't, I can't make this up, but I'm so glad I have people in my life and I I really want people to hear this part, especially I'm so glad I have people in my life to remind me that I don't need to be perfect at everything. I don't need to have that immediate mastery. And maybe this is my Enneagram three coming out a little bit, but I'm allowed to be a beginner and you are too. So having those people in your life to to gently and lovingly remind you, hey, you're amazing. And you're allowed to be a beginner at this thing is really important. And sometimes we may not have those people in our immediate circle. And that's why we have coaches and therapists and mentors, etc. So that's my how I got in my own way. My goal to celebrate, though, is um, along with those same lines of being a beginner, I decided to recently I was like, okay, you know, I'm coming into the end of the year. My end of the year is packed with things I love and I'm so excited and I get to see my family. I get to see my sister and my nephew and like all these things that I was starting to get a little bit overwhelmed at my workload and I love everything that's on it. I didn't want to take anything away, but I realized there's starting to have a little bit of that sense of emergency. Everything needs to get done right now or I'm behind or whatever. And I was like, okay, hold up. We know better than this. Let's stop, reflect, back it up. And again, my fiance, he's just the world of wisdom today. Um, He mentioned, he's like, you know what? Like, why don't you have an activity that's just for you? Not pickleball, because that's you and I. Not podcasting, not work, not um, website design. I know you love doing your website. Like, I just, you know... What's one thing that you can do just for you? That's not for business. That's not for business, Nicole. That's not for relationship, Nicole. That's just for you, Nicole. And I was like, oh my God, I'm coming up dry. This is crazy. And I started thinking about it. I started doing a little bit of research of like, what is something that I could do just for like shits and giggles, just to make me smile? And I came across a paint by numbers kit that is like gorgeous. I mean, it's like a mountainscape with river and trees and all this stuff. It's going to take me four years to finish, but I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I think that this is it. Something in my gut was just like, Hey, try this. And so my goal to celebrate is I got that kit. I started painting with it. I got the first three numbers done because I'm doing them in order. (laughs) God, I'm such a type A human. Um, but I loved it and I'm so excited and I like keep thinking about like, oh, when can I do my paint by numbers kit? But even that small thing, even though it was adding something to my plate, but it was slowing me down in other ways that I'm now looking at the end of the year being like, wait, this actually isn't so bad. I can do this. I can totally do this. And not everything needs to be an emergency. I get to have moments of slow. I get to have moments of like, hey, let's do a few things today. Maybe speed up a little bit, but knowing that the slowdown is on the horizon. So That was a really huge goal for me and a really fun experience, and I can't wait to do more and more and more of it. So if you have a really busy end of the year, or honestly, even if you're listening to this not even around the holiday season, 
I highly recommend just asking yourself, what is one thing I can do just for me? That is not for my work, that is not for my hobby, that's not for my side business, it's not for a friend, that's not for a family member. What's one thing I can just do for me? And get it, do it, invest in that thing. It can be so, so minimal. It can just be investment of time or it can be an investment of hiring someone. I don't care, but having someone or something to slow you down is invaluable. So I'm really excited. I will keep you guys posted. I will probably do a like photo or something like whenever it's done, but I'm, I'm really excited because it's pretty. Last but not least, before we dive into the episode, we have just a quick little announcement. And as you heard on the top of the episode, Goal Smasher is going to be doing a flash sale for Black Friday. If you don't know what Goal Smasher is, it is my course that is a step-by-step technique for goal setting for perfectionists. I teach you how to set really crystal clear goals. Spoiler alert, this is the number one reason everyone is self-sabotaging themselves on their goals. Your goal is not clear enough. I also help you create an overwhelm and burnout free plan, which I know for you perfectionists is very important in order to follow through to the end of your goal. And then last but not least, I also teach you the mindset, the secret behind consistent motivation. No more of that, ah, I'm not feeling motivated today, I'll just do it tomorrow mentality. No, 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 because that is just another form of self-sabotage. So learning that secret to consistent motivation is really the key to not only following through on your goal, but enjoying the whole process, which is the point of goal setting. We don't go after a goal to just check it off a list. We go after a goal to become a type of person. But for a lot of perfectionists, overachievers, procrastinators, people pleasers, all that jazz, they tend to push themselves and stress themselves out to the end of their goal to the point where they get to the end and they don't even celebrate because it's so normalized or, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal or, oh, I didn't burn myself out so I didn't, I don't get to celebrate or, oh, it's, I, it's not that big of a deal since I didn't just totally tank myself and whatever. There's so many different limiting beliefs around that. But the secret to motivation gives you that opportunity to enjoy the whole process because you're in a completely different state. So if you want to get in on that flash sale, you have to be on the list. So click the link below, fill out your info, and we will get you on that list. Or you can just go to lifecoachbaker.com. There's a banner at the top of my website that allows you to get on that list very, very easily. Again, lifecoachbaker.com if you want to get on this list for this flash sale. This is going to be, spoiler alert, the most budget-friendly option for a goal smasher. So if you've been thinking about getting it, or if you're like, fuck, I know New Year's resolutions are coming and I'm stressed, this is your chance to get this program. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes, fill out the info, or again, go to lifecoachbaker.com and get on the list because you will not hear about it unless you are on the list. Important, important, important. Alrighty, let's dive into this episode, shall we? Perfectionism around gift giving. Oh boy, where do I even begin? I used to be someone who would put off, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I would be so overwhelmed by either the amount of gifts or um, feeling like I need to expend a lot of money or feeling like I need to do some big, personal, meaningful gift. And it was like, oh my God, what the fuck do I even do? And I would get so overwhelmed that I would put it off and put it off and put it off until like the week of 
the Christmas, Christmas holiday, which is what I celebrate till the week of Christmas holiday. And I would immediately be like, fuck, I need to buy blah, blah, blah. And then I would just stress by everything. It was, it totally took the fun and the enjoyment out of the season. And I did this pattern for so many years and it was just, it just made it so much less fun and exciting. And I, last year, again, like I mentioned, I did an episode all about love languages and gift giving, which is, spoiler, the framework that I use for gift giving now, because when you just think about like, okay, what do I get Aunt Sally? There's all these options in the entire world. It can feel really overwhelming. And then the idea of like, well, what's the perfect gift for Aunt Sally comes up and you're like, fuck, I don't know. And long story short, you're just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. So I like to use the framework of the five love languages, which if you do not know what the five love languages are, here's a little crash course. This is a framework developed by Dr. Gary Chapman, who's awesome. I've listened to a few podcast episodes with him and of course read his book. He's very, very, very knowledgeable in this subject. But he developed a framework that everyone has a hierarchy of a love language, basically a language that shows someone you love them. But it can also be how you communicate love. You most communicate love. This is really important to know not only for partners, but family and friends and bing, 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 yourself. Knowing your own love language is so important because you can show self-care that way. That's a whole different podcast. But I, I thought about like, what if I gave presents and gifts around my friends and family's love languages? And sometimes I had to ask them and sometimes I had to do a best guess as to what their love language was, but it became such a fun process. And then there was a framework around it because if I looked at this saying like, okay, um, Brett, for instance, his love language is touch and quality time in that order. And I was like, okay, well maybe like a weighted blanket or a really nice running jacket that will keep him warm. That's a good thing for touch or a massage or something that will really allow him to, you know, get in touch with that touch love language. But there's also quality time. So doing like a, I gave him one year ramen bowls because that's his favorite meal and we love cooking it together. So um, that little thing is like that promise of quality time with each other. And it really just made life so much easier. Now, do you have to use this framework? No, but it might give you some ideas that can help you generate ideas sooner and less overwhelm overall, which is the whole point. So the reason I feel like there's so much anxiety and stress around gift giving is we kind of, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but I'm going to talk specifically into perfectionism. There's this idea of, oh my God, but what are they getting me? Like, what if they're getting me this really nice, expensive gift? I need to get them that exact expensive or like spend that exact same amount of money. Or if they're doing this really thoughtful present, oh my God, I need to do that. And we can get really caught up in this all or nothing syndrome. And when we're there, we're not in a state of love. We're not in a state of like, that's what the holidays are all about. We're in a state of panic, right? Trying to be something for someone else, not just allowing ourselves to 
be there. And the reason I love this framework is because it gives you that opportunity to A, take the pressure off. If you know you're giving someone something that's aligned with their love language, you know they're going to love it. And it just makes it so much easier to take off that like, I need the perfect present. But also it allows you to have a little bit more fun with it. I'm all about whimsy and giving yourself a framework to work off of kind of invites that whimsy factor to it, which I'm, you know, all about. Are you a perfectionist who has a goal or goals that you're wanting to achieve, but you feel like you have no idea how to get consistently motivated and you keep on saying, eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Or you feel like you're just flailing about trying to do everything and it feels like nothing's working and you're not making progress. Or even do you just feel so overwhelmed on where to start and that's resulted in you feeling stuck and disappointed in yourself for not moving forward? You are not alone. That is why I've created Goal Smasher, my step-by-step goal-setting technique to help you set clear goals, create an overwhelm-free plan on how to get there, plus learning the secret sauce that will take you from totally shitting on yourself to saying, wow, I'm a badass. By the way, this technique is completely free from burnout. The best part is that this is something you can learn in less than a day and put to use immediately. Plus, this is my favorite, you will get lifetime access to use this course over and over and over again with each new goal you have. Goal Smasher is going live super soon and to be the first to know about when it's available, plus getting exclusive bonuses that no one else will receive, visit lifecoachbaker.com or click the link in the description. Now, back to the episode. If you do not know what your love language is, I went ahead and linked the quiz in the show notes. You can take it there or literally Google five love languages. It is so popular where it'll be the first thing that comes up. But let's talk about some different ideas because this does take a little bit of creativity and hopefully this can kind of get your brain juices a working bull. Um, But let's do some, let's do some brainstorming. First and foremost, let's start with words, words of affirmation. So words of affirmation love language is like going up to your partner and saying, hey, honey, I love you so much. Or damn, baby, you're looking sexy today. Or um, uh, writing them a little love note or something like that. Words of affirmation is pretty self-explanatory. It's words affirming your love for them. Now this can be, again, for a loved one. It can be for a family member. It can be for yourself. Guess what? affirmations are a form of words of affirmations love languages bing 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 bing. but let's say for example you're thinking about what the hell do i give a gift around words of affirmation i'll give you a few ideas so there's an idea of giving them a really beautiful handwritten letter something that is filled with words of affirmations for them Now, this can be just like a handwritten letter on its own. I've done this for my parents before, just kind of like a, hey, I love you guys so much. You're amazing. I pour a little bit more of my heart and soul into it, but I won't won't pour my heart out on this podcast like that. I do love them. But I have like a little hand-drawn cartoon in the corner, and I give it to them. And they cherish those because words of affirmation does tend to be high on their list. You can also give it like a little letter or something like that within a gift. So for instance, um, my partner one day came home, this was a few years ago, he came home with a cookbook 
of paleo Asian recipes, which I could eat any region, any of those region, regional foods within Asia. I just love the flavors from there. Um, and I was eating mostly paleo at the time, a lot of whole foods. And so he got me an Asian paleo book and he wrote a little handwritten note in the front cover. I cherish that book. That is one of my favorite gifts of all time. And it was just so simple. But words of affirmations can be really, um, it can be really broad. Like for, uh, here's another example. Last year, my sister was about to be a new mom and I got her affirmation candles. So they were like little mommy affirmations on the outside. Like I am enough. I am doing my best as a mother every single day. Um, uh, my kid is learning and growing every single day. I love being a mom. Like stuff like that. That was just really like affirming sentences. And I got them for her on candles so she could light them, relax, say her little words of affirmation. So there are so many different options you can do here, but maybe like an affirmations journal, a journal in general, because then they can write their own words of affirmations for themselves. There are so many different options. P.S. Etsy or another store like Etsy is a really good place to find affirmation, words of affirmation gifts, because there are so many personalizations you can do on these things. I'm talking journals, t-shirts. Um, I'm not going to even name half of them because there's so many. But let's move on to touch. Touch is another pretty self-explanatory one, but it was one that I really did not understand for a long time. As I mentioned, touch is my partner's number one love language. It's not the highest on my list. And for a while, I would be like, why is he always touching me. And I'm not talking like wah, wah, wah. I'm talking like hand on my leg, um, arm on my shoulder, like kiss on the cheek, stuff like that, where I just like would be there and I'm like personal space sometimes, my guy, my goodness. But then I learned about love languages and I learned that was his. And I was like, oh my God, you crazy bitch, Nicole. He's showing you love. Like <laughs> Let him do that. And I've grown to now love it and, and cherish those little touches. It's just so so important to me. And I know a lot of people who do tend to have touch as their highest love language. This can be a pat on the shoulder. It can be holding their hand. It can be a hug. It can be other things with much, much, much consent. But when it comes to gifts, this can be a little different because when people think of touch, they think of like Patrick Starr, like touch, you know, like that. But it's, you can't really just touch someone to be like, Merry Christmas, you know, <laughs> like, um, again, consent, please, always consent. But the way I like to think of touch in relation to gifts is there's something that they can, like, have on them that's an experience or that feels really good. So, like, I think of fuzzy socks, really comfortable sweaters, um, great boxers or great underwear, like, that feels really, really comfortable. Um, uh, a massage or a group of massages or a coupon for a massage from you for winky time, but, or for not winky time, that's your life. But you can also do, like, um, a massage oil or a lotion or there's just there's so many different options but I like to think about anything that allows them to slow down and feel something on their own skin 
So again, like I think of like fuzzy sweaters, that is a really great one. Or weighted blankets is another really big one, especially for our friends who might have like a little bit more of that anxiety or a little bit of unease around this time of year. This might be a really great gift for them. I know there's also a blanket that will like hug you. It's like literally like you get in a sack and it like squeezes to your skin, but it's supposed to be wonderful. I can't remember the name of it, but I get ads for them on Instagram all the time. But something that allows them to just have that touch experience. Um, And again, it does not need to be anything touched from you, but it can be a, again, fuzzy sweater, some really comfy pants. Um, A nice outfit I've also heard is a really great touch because when you're in a nice outfit, you are feeling yourselves, my friends. So like a power outfit or a coupon to go get a power outfit, stuff like that. There are so many options here and I'm not even covering the surface of them. Um... Gifts is next. Okay, you might be rolling your eyes and saying like, okay, gifts is really fucking self-explanatory. It's gifts around the holiday season. What the fuck do you want from me? But as someone who has gifts as their second love language, it's not quite that simple for everyone. Some people are like, I will be happy with literally anything you give me. And that's great. I applaud those people. They are very easy to shop for. However, for some people who do have gifts as their highest love language, it kind of gets a bad rap because people are like, oh, they just want a Louis Vuitton purse or a diamond necklace and that's their gift. Some people, yes, that is the gift of love for them and that's fantastic. They get to have that be their love language. No love language is higher than the other. But for instance, for me, when I think about gifts as my love language, I think about something that is meaningful, something that I've either been wanting or something that um, I've been wanting for, this sounds really cheesy, but wanting for my future self. So for instance, whenever I'm thinking about the love languages with self-care and I think about gifts, I think about buying myself something that future me would have. So like a really awesome, comfortable power blazer. Um, (laughs) Some people just scoffed at me. That's fine. I don't care. Um, really comfortable power blazer, a Roomba for the fact that I hate vacuuming the floor, Um, a a book on Asian paleo recipes was a great gift because that was something that was so unexpected, but it revolved around things that I like and things that I wanted to be, which is really healthy and cooking a lot of food, which I was not cooking a whole lot at the time. So I, I just challenge anyone who's like, okay, gifts, that's so broad. Rather than thinking about like what gift would they want right now, if you know their hopes, their dreams, like what would their future them, what would their future selves really want or have already? And can you get that for them now? Now, this does not need to suddenly be like an arm and a leg. I do not believe that any of these have a um, price tag assumed to them. You can do your holiday shopping without the price to the heavy, heavy price tag. I believe that super hardcore, but that is unique to everyone and obviously in your demographic area. But when it comes to gifts, if you think about it in the way of what is something they've either been really wanting but afraid to get themselves, what is something that their future self would want and cherish, or is there a coupon or a gift card or something that you can get that maybe their future self would buy at that store. So maybe they're like, man, I've always wanted to do like a subscription um, clothing box. And you're like, you know what? Here's your first stitch fix box on me. 
And that is a really fun gift to give someone. I've received that gift many times. I love it. Um, next up is acts of service. This is my highest, highest love language. And whenever I think about acts of service, I think of delegation. So for instance, my Roomba not only hit my gifts love language, but it also hit my acts of service. I hate vacuuming the floor. My Roomba now does it for me. I hire people in my business to do tasks for me that either I don't have the time for or that I just don't enjoy doing. (laughs) And I hire them on and it takes time off my hands and it takes stuff off my hands. And I am so grateful. It's the best money I spend in my business every month. So when it comes to acts of service as a gift or as a holiday season option, I like to think of, again, delegation. Is there a food service um, that you could get them? Like maybe a first thing to HelloFresh or Greenly. Is there a, um, I'm all about coupons during the holidays because A, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg. I love giving coupons for the holiday season, but like a homemade coupon. I just go on Canva and like make like a one free, I will clean your house or something like that. And it's just like a fun thing that you get to take off their hands or like um, one um, week of grocery store getting or something like that, where it just, it takes time off their hands. It takes tasks off their hands so they can have more time to do the things that they love. I also think of, think of acts of service in relation to um, doing things, yes, for someone else, but also having things automated. So like the Roomba is an automated acts of service thing for myself. I can schedule a Roomba cleaning every week and not even have to think about it. It's fucking amazing. Or having um, a regular cleaning service come in every single week. I do not have this yet, but it is on my list of things I would love to have because I don't like cleaning my house and I really, but I love having a clean house. So it's like having that just something to take off their plate. So I think about like, what is something that they do currently that they really don't want to do, or they want to spend other um, time doing things. Now, another way you can look at access service is when that thing is taken off their plate, maybe you give them a gift of like, I will clean your house once a week for a month or whatever. And you think about what are they going to do with that time? So since you're maybe not spending money on the actual gift, unless you need to buy cleaning supplies and stuff like that, then maybe you could give them like a bubble bath kit or a um, a good old fashioned puzzle. Like, oh, a really good gift gift, um, gifts for the gift love language is, I did this last year. It was really, really fun. So my future brother and sister-in-law have a dog they cherish. Oh, he's the sweetest thing. Oh my goodness. Bless you, Captain, if you're listening. Probably not. But there's a there's a service that will take a photo that you give them and make a puzzle out of it. Now, just like m- most of quarantine people during quarantine, they really took to puzzles. And I got them, my, my fiance and I together got them this puzzle that we created off of their dog. It was a photo of their dog. And it was like this like really hard puzzle, but they got to do that. And that was a really cool gift for them. Now it also hit the next one, quality time, because they got to do it together. Um, Quality time is, I don't know if I have this data to back it up, but at least in my group, it tends to be the most popular love language, which is great. I love quality time. It's an awesome one. It's also a really good one to think about when it comes to 
holiday gift giving because when you're thinking about quality time, it's quality time together. So is there an activity you could do together that will create the space for quality time, i.e. the puzzle? or a cookbook, or tickets to a museum exhibit that's in town. Um, there's so many different things, but I always think of like, what is something you can do either together that would create that quality time? Or is there a couple's gift or friendship gift that you can give to two or more people that will give them the quality time together? Um, whenever I think of like, my parents, I love to always give them both a quality time gift. Obviously not recently, but in previous years, they have been huge travelers. This is pre-pandemic, but they would go to, I mean, Switzerland, Rome, England, Paris, Italy, Italy again, Italy again. <laughs> like they love traveling and I would love to give them little um, uh, gifts for like exhibits that they would be traveling to or like a few brewery tours in Belgium, you know, like just like a few little things where I could give them that gift of going to that place and spending time together. Um, so that one's really, really fun. So if you have a traveler friend in your life, that's a really good gift. I, I can confirm. Um, but when it comes to quality time, I like to just think of what is something that is a little bit on the personal side, like personal to their family, their dog, their um, wants, their dreams, their wishes, their travel experience. Like, what is something that's just a little bit that would enhance an experience that they already are having um, is another way of looking at that. I know this one's really, really broad. And to be honest, all of these have their broad elements. But the reason I love this framework is because it gives you a starting point. When I like to think about, we actually talk about this a lot in Goal Smasher. If we are approaching our goals and our goal is so floofy, meaning... It's not clear. It's so broad. We're going to have a really hard time getting started because we don't know how to start. We don't know where to start. We don't know what, for example, this is one I hear a lot, getting healthy means. That is a really broad goal. It's a great goal, but it's really broad and there needs to be some more clarity to it. What this does within gift giving, and again, I know this sounds so silly. We're doing a whole podcast episode for gift giving, but I know it can be a really anxious thing for perfectionists, or if you're just someone that's like, fuck, I have no idea what to get people. I hope you're getting some stuff out of this episode. But when it comes to gift giving, if we have just that open, broad spectrum and we're like, fuck, I have no idea what to do or what to give people, it can get really overwhelming. And again, overwhelm normally, not always, but normally will lead to procrastination. And this is a time of the year to slow down, to enjoy, to love, to be with family, to be with friends, to be by yourself. I don't, everyone's holiday season looks different. But if we're stressed or if we're thinking about like, oh my God, what do I give Aunt Sally? I don't know. She's stressed me out. Having this framework gives you a starting point to jump off of so you can diminish that overwhelm greatly. Now you might be asking, but Nicole... Not everyone's family is like yours and immersed in personal development and talks about love languages like it's a baseball game on a Saturday night. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> I, am, I am a very unique unicorn over here because of that reason. However, if you don't know someone's love language and you want to use this framework, you can do one of three things. One, you can ask them. 
be like, hey, there's this quiz that I really that I really like and I would love for you to take. What's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that they're going to say? No, I don't want to take that or whatever. And even if they do, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You at least tried, right? Or you can bring it up over dinner or something. Be like, hey, like I took this quiz earlier and I thought it was really interesting. And it might be really good to know everyone's love languages for... Um, showing and appreciating love. You don't have to sound that cheesy, obviously, but you can always ask and ask them. You never know. People might say yes. And especially for those people pleasers out there who are suddenly like breaking out in hives and like, I'm going to ask someone to do something for me or, oh my God, what if they're busy? What if I'm taking time off their hands? What if I'm being a burden? Stop. You asking for someone to give them a gift that is personalized to them is not being a burden in any way. Hear me on that. So that's your first option. Second option is give it your best guess. And even if you have a gift that is close to their top love language, even like second or third, it will still be meaningful. Like I said, Brett's is number one. His number two is quality time. And normally I'll give it maybe a little bit more quality time than touch love language because touch is more of our everyday thing. But quality time, that's a little bit of a more easy gift that I can get around and get my head around for him. It's different for everyone again. But giving one to their second or third love language will still be extraordinarily meaningful and you'll still have a jumping point even if you just go off their second or third or your best guess for them. Now, if you're... Another option is if your family, friend group, D, all of the above, wants to take the quiz together, that way you guys will all have the knowledge and you can all do gift giving off of your love languages if you want to. So having like a group text that says, okay, everyone take this quiz, like everyone share their love language, and then you can kind of base it off of that. You can even have everyone listen to this podcast episode to get ideas and see how this is important. But The reason this is so important for perfectionists, I know I'm hitting it over the head, but having a framework is incredibly valuable when we're going into something where we don't really have a plan or we don't really have a goal or we don't really have a clear path. When we're going into something, but we have a strategy, but we have a framework, it's like going into a room that's completely dark You can't see anything and you know that there's just a hundred thousand doors available to you. And you're like, fuck, where do I go? Versus having this available, it's turning the lights on and it's having five doors available. Which room would you rather be in? I would rather be in the latter. So I hope you guys found this helpful. If you have ideas, please feel free to send them in. I would love to hear them. You can either DM me on Instagram at lifecoachbaker or you can send me an email at hello at lifecoachbaker.com. But I'd be happy to share some listener ideas or listener gift ideas on the show because you never know it might help someone else who is experiencing that gift giving anxiety. I want to leave on this note. If you experience anxiety around this time of year for gift giving specifically, again, we're going to do a whole series about holiday season and perfectionism. But I just want to remind you that you do not have to have the perfect gift to show someone how much you care. That does not come from gifts. That comes from actions. It comes from words. It comes from just being there in your energy that you give them. And again, I know that sounds so cheesy, 
But I want to take the pressure off of this time of year because your ability to give love and to receive love, and it does not have to be love, it can be care and appreciation or slow down in time with your family, does not have to be all encompassed in a gift. Give yourself the gift of taking that pressure off. You are enough just as you are, not when you give the perfect gift. So allow yourself to take that breath. And just whenever you feel that like anxiety or whenever you feel that like tense or stress or need to control this time of year, I, I, I really do urge you to have some kind of mantra or some kind of um, affirmation, something to, something to say in your head over and over and over again. Maybe it's like, I do not have to be perfect today or I do not have to be perfect during this time of year. I am just enough as I am right now. There is no... Um, perfectionism scan happening to me today. Like, you know, there's there's just a few little things you can remind yourself to just reframe, reframe. And like I said at the top of the episode, you can go into this season having a conscious decision around changing up your perfectionism. You can let this time of year be a really powerful time of year rather than falling into old habits and just throwing your hands up in the air and saying, fuck, I'm just doomed. I'm just going to try to get through this time. This doesn't have to be everyone. Everyone's going to have different levels of this, obviously. But I really do challenge you to look at this time of year and say, how can this year be different? How can I change up my attitude, my anxiety, my stress around this time of year? How can I change it this year? How can this year be different? When you ask that type of question, you start to look for opportunities for growth, which is huge, a huge shift. And when you open up that neuro pathway, there's no going back. And it feels so fucking good. You guys, thank you so much. I love you all so incredibly much. Again, Goal Smasher is going on a flash sale for Black Friday. So if you want to be on the list to get to know, go ahead and click the link in the show notes or go to lifecoachbaker.com. There's a banner at the top. It's in bright purple. You'll see it immediately. But I love you guys. If you haven't, write a review, write a little five-star button, whatever. You don't have to write it. I don't know how to code that into Apple Podcasts. I think that would be very confusing. You can just click it with a very easy click of the button. I'm done talking. I love you guys so much. I will talk to you soon. Have an amazing beginning of November. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to check out Goal Smasher, my step-by-step technique to help you set clear goals, create an overwhelm-free plan, and learn the secret for keeping your motivation consistent and high. Check it out by going to the link in the show notes or by searching lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher. Also, take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus, you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.